It wouldn't have happened without the car. Run all right? Perfect. Should. Just greased her. She must have done it before, I said to Elwyn. Don't you think? Could be, Elwyn replied. I don't know what to make of it. That's clear. I don't know if I should see her again. Up to you, he said with finality. And so, in silence, I lay atop my bunk bed, barely able to sleep for trying to figure out on my own what to think of Olivia Hutton. How could such bliss as had befallen me also be such a burden? I, who should have been the most satisfied man in all of Winesburg, was instead the most bewildered. Strange as Olivia's conduct was when I thought about it on my own, it was more impenetrable still when she and I showed up at history class and, as usual, sat beside each other and I immediately resumed remembering what she had done and what I had done in response. In the car, I had been so taken by surprise that I had sat straight up in the seat and looked down at the back of her head moving in my lap as if I were watching someone doing it to somebody other than me. Not that I had seen such a thing done before, other than in the stray, dirty picture, always raggedy-edged and ratty-looking from being passed back and forth between so many hundreds of horny boys' hands that would invariably be among the prized possessions of the renegade kid at the bottom of one's high school class— I was as transfixed by Olivia's complicity as by the diligence and concentration she brought to the task. How did she know what to do or how to do it? And what would happen if I came, which seemed a strong likelihood from the very first moment? Shouldn't I warn her, if there was time enough to warn her? Shouldn't I shoot politely into my handkerchief? Or fling open the car door and spray the cemetery street instead of one or the other of us? Yes, do that, I thought. Come into the street. But of course I couldn't. The sheer unimaginableness of coming into her mouth, of coming into anything other than the air or a tissue or a dirty sock, was an allurement too stupendous for a novice to forswear. Yet Olivia said nothing. All I could figure was that for a daughter of divorced parents, whatever she did or whatever was done to her was okay with her. It would be some time before it would dawn on me, as it has finally, millennia later for all I know, Whatever I did might be okay with me, too. Days passed, and I didn't ask her out again. Nor after class, when we were all drifting into the hallway, did I try to talk to her again. Then, one chilly fall morning, I ran into her at the student bookstore. I can't say that I hadn't been hoping to run into her somewhere, despite the fact that when we met in class I didn't even acknowledge her presence. Every time I turned a corner on that campus, I was hoping not only to see her, but to hear myself saying to her, we have to go on another date. I have to see you. You have to become mine and no one else's. She was wearing a camel's hair winter coat and high woolen socks and over her auburn hair a snug white wool hat with a fleecy red woven ball at the top. Directly in from the out of doors with red cheeks and a slightly runny nose, she looked like the last girl in the world to give anyone a blowjob. Hello, Mark, she said. Oh, yes, hi, I said. I did that because I liked you so much. Pardon? She pulled off her hat and shook out her hair, thick and long and not cut short with a little crimp of curls over the forehead, as was the hairdo worn by most every other co-ed on the campus. I said I did that because I liked you, she told me. I know you can't figure it out. I know that's why I haven't heard from you and why you ignore me in class. So I'm figuring it out for you. Her lips parted in a smile and I thought, with those lips, she, without my urging, completely, voluntarily, and yet I was the one who felt shy. Any other mysteries? she asked. Oh, no, that's okay. It's not, she said, 
and now she was frowning, and every time her expression changed, her beauty changed with it. She wasn't one beautiful girl. She was twenty-five different beautiful girls. You're a hundred miles away from me. No, it's not okay with you, she said. I liked your seriousness. I liked your maturity at dinner, or what I took to be maturity. I made a joke about it, but I liked your intensity. I've never met anyone so intense before. I liked your looks, Marcus. I still do. Did you ever do that with someone else? I did, she said without hesitation. Has no one ever done it with you? No one's come close. So you think I'm a slut, she said, frowning again. Absolutely not, I rushed to assure her. You're lying. That's why you won't speak to me. Because I'm a slut. I was surprised, I said. That's all. Did it ever occur to you that I was surprised too? But you've done it before. You just told me you did.